Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo, everybody, and welcome on back to the one and only virtual two-player co-op Covey Crunch Extravaganza here at the Sacred Icon Podcast, your one-stop shop to talk all things Halo. Previously on Sacred Icon, we dished on the initial Rise of the Master Chief Collection from its announcement up until its launch, and as such, here now we come to the episode long danced around, but rarely spoken of at length. It's time to talk about how devastating depressing and downright infuriating it was to play MCC at launch and for the next several years. I'm your host, Baby Cakes. It's me, Joshy Washi, and joined with me as always is my buddy, my pal, my friend, and the guy upon getting his physical copy of MCC in hand proceeded to Tokyo drift his way down the avenue home looking like that 50 cent gif where he smiles and drives off. <laughs> it's your host, Brian Arvette. Brian, what's up, buddy? How's it going, Josh? I, I never felt more akin to like Vin Diesel and Fast and Furious than when I got my copy of MCC. You know, it, it's just funny because I, I do remember. I didn't say this in the last episode, but I do remember the moment where I see you start to peel down. Like you're going left down the avenue, and I'm about to go right. And there was that moment of like, oh shit, here we go. And you could feel like we were entering the next step because I didn't realize it was going to go downhill from there like super fast. Oh yeah, but I thought. I was under the impression it was going to go right into like, okay, we've ridden this whole year together of hype. Now we're about like we 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 did it, tr- aiming to get into this next era. Now this era has begun. Yeah, Josh is like we're going to be playing Halo matchmaking forever now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how little did he know that I would have to wait like about four more years for that to <laughs> properly perform. Yeah. We're like we're like start, straight up thinking about starting the Sacred Icon podcast. We're like, hey, MCC's been working for six months now, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, so guys, where we left off, basically, uh, Josh and I got our physical copies of MCC at the game store. We took off. We're headed home. Josh hasn't been hearing from his buddy who he's planning on co-oping with. His buddy Eric. He hasn't been getting texts back from him. They were planning to do co-op together that night, but his buddy hasn't been responding. Uh, me and my brother are headed back home. We're planning on starting the campaign ourselves. Um, so I get home, and you know, me being obsessive, and also like at this time in 2014, still being all about physical gaming, physical copies, and everything. I wanted to make sure that copy of MCC worked without patches, without internet. I didn't want to feel like my disc was 
beholden to a patch to work. So, And I also didn't want to wait for all the huge patches to download because I had crappy internet and I just want to play the game. And I know Josh was going to go home and you know do it properly with the, the patches and online and everything. But I got home and I turned my Xbox to offline and I started downloading the game. And the way I remember it installing off the disc was like the screen came up and it was like showing you like, oh, the game has downloaded all of Halo 1 and it's working on Halo 3. And I could have like progress bars of like Halo 2 and, you know, maybe the oh, multiplayer wow. ready to play, but that. the campaign's not. Yeah. So I was uh, I was installing it off the disc and correct me if I if I get something wrong, Josh, but this is how I remember it is I was like pretty close to done or you know, almost or actually done when I'm talking to you and you're telling me that you haven't heard back from Eric and that um, I think you were like, yeah, I think you were just frustrated that Eric hadn't got back to you Mm -hmm. and you were like installing, but with the patches and everything, you weren't even close. And we were talking and I was like, well, Josh, why don't you just come over here? If you can't, and if if you can't get a hold of Eric, and I think you said something like, "Oh, let me wait 15, 30 minutes more, or whatever," and then, and then you're like, "Yeah, if, if I can't get a hold of him, I'll come over there." I'm like, okay, if you come over, then we'll just hook up both our Xboxes. We'll uh, we'll we'll turn the internet on mine, and we'll just let it download, and we'll we'll chill or take a nap or something while it, you know, while it downloads. And yeah, this is uh, you want this is one of those times Brian really comes in clutch. Like we've told the story before about how. Him and Justin went to get, I think, Fallout 4 and pick up a copy or pick up a an Elite controller. And Justin had his Elite controller pre-ordered. And they didn't they only had like three in stock that they were getting. And they couldn't get give one to Justin. And Justin got super furious. And then Brian decided, you know what? This guy's whole night is already a loss. Like I can save it. Because Brian got his. And then Brian thought, I'll give him mine for now. I can wait. So that's what Brian did. And it made Justin's world turned upside down. He got so happy and he was so grateful. Well, then in this moment, yeah, well, preceding it, I was waiting in line. I was getting anxious, as we said before, and I had not heard back from Eric. And I was I was getting frustrated because I thought, man, we were planning on this. And Eric and I have always been the sort of people that, like, if we're going to get a game and play together... I will not even boot up. He will not even boot up the main menu screen until we're like both on chatting. Like we try to save that experience and share in every ounce of it together, not just starting the game. So I'm at home downloading all that. And Brian, yeah, you were right, man. Um, you were pretty close. I think, I think yours was <laughs> getting pretty close to finishing up downloading. And then I would, I called you on the phone or you called me or whatever. We're talking and Eric's not responding. I tried to wait a little bit more, and then I just thought, you know what? Like, if he's not on now, he's not going to be getting on. Like, something came up, whatever, but like, something happened. And I thought, it's cool, but also, like, man, that sucked. So there was like already, guys, this sort of like cloud looming over my initial experience because I felt bad. I decided I was going to go drive over to Brian's. This is like three in the morning, I want to say. It's, it's pretty early. So I've sat there waiting for like three hours for this thing to progress. I drive over to Brian's, who isn't too far away, but nevertheless, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm casting one friend aside for another. Come to find out like the next morning, Eric fell asleep. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. But he has a kid, yeah. and that's completely understandable. So I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense at least now, I understand. But uh, I drive over to Brian's, 
And Brian was so cool for offering to do that because I thought I do want to experience this with someone. Like I don't like the separation of like you wait so long sharing in this and then you go your separate ways and you experience experience that kind of thing individually. So I want to share in it. So I drive over to Brian's. Uh, he's always, I think I think you were waiting to play it. I don't think you had played it yet. No, I hadn't okay, played yeah, it because I think you were waiting for mine to finish up, and then that's when we went into it. And we started, uh, well, that was a thing too, as I remember, it wasn't like a point of contention, but I remember talking with you, like you were pretty much, you had already played combat evolved anniversary. So you were ready to yeah. start halo two, but Brian being a good dude that he is, he was like, you know what? I know you want to start combat evolved anniversary, Josh, you've never played it. So that's fine. We'll start that one. And that's what we did. You're hyping me up now, but there is a dick moment coming soon enough. We'll get to it. So I'll have my I'll have my my rise and fall. <laughs> like I'll have the, the last laugh. Joshua. Uh, but but yeah, no. Um, I, the thing is, I think a lot of you will relate. Not everyone's the same, but um, for Josh and I, and Josh even more than me, but definitely for both of us, we like to make events out of these things. Game releases are events. They're like parties, moments, celebrations. It's not just. I picked up a game and I set it on the dresser and went to sleep and, you know, Absolutely. I'll get whenever it's like, this is a big moment. And it's even more important for Josh, I think, for it to be a moment. So if the moment's ruined, uh, it kind of just has a, a, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth in regard to the whole game. So it was like, you know, that's part of the thing where it's like, well, if Josh is, you know, having a shitty time there, then, you know, I want, it's Halo, it's MCC, it's exciting. I want him to come over. I want this to be a good experience. Well, I know it's only going to get worse, but I was like, that was the goal is like, let's make this event better. Right. But when Josh gets over, I, I think, I don't know if we had better internet at this time. Either way, my parents' internet was never that good like I have now. I, I don't know if it was the satellite internet or if we had proper like DSL, but I either like way, it wasn't DSL very good. by that point. Probably, because satellite, I don't even know if I would have recommended that downloading. But for me and Josh to download the multiple gig patches of, I mean, I think it was 10 plus. I don't remember what it was. Maybe 20 plus. I think plus. it was around 20. Uh, for us to both download all of the patches, because Josh had to restart his, and then I had to start from scratch because I I was offline. It was take. It was going to take like hours. We we didn't know if it would t- we thought it'd take maybe like maybe up to two. I think it took like four. So we did end up just all right. Let's set our alarms. Josh, you sleep on the couch. I'll sleep in my bed here, and we'll get up in like three or four hours. Oh, shit. We just I forgot all about yeah, that. Yeah, we went dude. to sleep. Wow. Yeah, I would say I thought you did because it sounded like you weren't. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Um, But we just left our TVs with the MCC up and the TVs muted Mm -hmm. and let them download and set the alarm to kind of wake up when it was close. And then we woke up probably like 8, 830. You know, it's 8, 830. Like, I know that's early in the morning, but like we got the game at midnight. So it's like plus we were third shifters at the time. So it was a little little different. We still haven't played the game yet. uh, Eight hours later. But so it's finally time. We're going to start up, start playing the game. Um to my recollection, so we started with Halo 1 Anniversary, because like Josh said, he hadn't played it. To my recollection, we didn't really notice too many... Well, okay, we did notice that the multiplayer wasn't working, because you were like, I want to just try a match or whatever. I want to just try... Yeah, if I can go back work. just a bit before okay. that. Go ahead. Uh, I went over there to Brian's in my... Like, I'm a, I'm a size... At the time, I'm like a size large. I go over in my double XL Halo 2 shirt from high school. Because I'm like, this is it. This is a, a ceremonious Take shirt, so I'm gonna celebrate. Now, the the thing is, too, guys. Most of you guys know my gamer tag is J Level Seven. That was my very first gamer tag, but I had changed it to Josh's Lightning, like in 2009, to be. It was based off an album and stuff like that. Never really stuck 
but I kept it for the longest time. Well, I was planning on changing it back to J-Level 7, and I don't think I told anybody. Maybe I told Brian, but I didn't tell anybody else because I had several of my friends that missed that gamer tag. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to change it back the moment I'm about to boot that game up. I'm going to go in there, pay the $10, change my gamer tag. And I did that. And within like 10, 15 minutes, I get a message from Justin and Justin is flipping out. Justin is so hyped. He's so excited that I changed it back. And it was, it, it was another moment of sort of her- heralding this new like era. Like we're going back to the roots and everything going back like to old that. Time. Yeah. But we're doing it. Everybody gets age. used to like your buddy has a name, you know, the name, whether the name's cool, stupid, fun, you get used to your buddy having a name, you know. Me and Justin were used to Josh being J Level Seven, but he had changed it to Josh's Lightning. It's just like, just like me, you know. Uh, I used to have for like fifteen years or something. I went by Private School mm-hmm. because that was my nickname when I was a sixth grader, um, and I didn't like it in my adulthood, and I kept wanting to change it. Eventually, I changed it to Brian Spain, yeah. which it is now, yeah. which I like better. But even Josh was like, you know, I'm not really a huge fan of the name Private School, but I'm going to be nostalgic that it's gone. And that's just kind of how it is. Like, you know, you get nostalgic that uh, for your buddy's old username. Right, right. So, yeah, he got super hyped, and I thought, okay, we're starting to, like, rebound a bit here after the, the, the missing. Yeah, after not having Eric on and stuff. And, yeah, like Brian said, we go to play, like, a multiplayer match, and it took a little bit to get into it. And Justin hopped on for this point because he had already played several hours. It's fucking awesome, guys. It's so good. And I remember we the three of us got into a match on Warlock. In Halo 2. Okay. And the connection's like so laggy. Like almost rubber band like. And the whole time Justin and Brian are going back and forth. Like Justin's thinking it's Brian's connection. And Brian's like, we just downloaded blah, blah, blah. This. I'm pretty sure it's not my connection. And there was just this, you know, we're trying to piece together. What the hell? Why is the why is this first match like have such a shit connection? And couldn't figure it out. Then we try to get into like a second match and it didn't like didn't really work, so we just decided, okay, we're gonna go play campaign now. Like we'll you know, whatever it is, like we'll it'll solve itself. And then we go to campaign. So back over to you, Brian. I just wanted to get back. Get yeah, that so we had and I think we had also tried to get into matches where it was just on that match screen playing that somber music Josh always talks about as we couldn't get in. You know, we'll like bring that up the, in a it, moment. It, Keep going. Okay. Yeah. So like you'd be you'd be going to matchmaking and it'd say searching for players and it would just like not find anyone, not find anyone, three or four minutes to pass by. Then it would find one, it'd find two, it'd find three, four, five, and then they'd all drop off and be back to no one again. And it's still playing that music. And between that and the Warlock experience, it's like, something's wrong with the multiplayer, but, you know, it's day one, a bazillion people are logging on to play this. It's probably going to be fixed within within a day at least, you know, if not, you know, pretty darn soon. Here we go. Josh has got it, I think, the music. That's the can't find players music. Josh, do you remember back in the mid two thousands when Marty O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore labeled this title "Can't Find Players"? <laughs> That's what the remastered version should be called, dude. Yeah, I have so many memories. Player. Like, I mean, we're gonna get into it, but I have so many memories, guys, of sitting in the lobby post this night. I don't want to get ahead of us, but I was sitting in the lobby listening to this song. Just like heartbroken, like trying to, I, there was that point in time where everyone was still trying to piece together what the hell was happening, and no one had yeah. any clear answers yet. But I don't want to get ahead of us, but that's and back that's and back the at the song. back at that time, I was on NeoGaf and I was on the NeoGaf forums, and I was looking, and people were like, "Yeah, I can't, I can't get in, I can't get in my yeah. matchmaking and everything." So 
before we went into playing Halo One campaign, we knew that something was wrong with the matchmaking. Something but we never was ever in, We never anticipated it was something big, big. We thought it was just like you know, this got to do. Some no, tweaks, I maybe think at the time I thought it was just player overload. You know, yeah, the kind of thing where launch it's launch issues, night. You know, you know we I, we knew of the Halo Three. I'm sorry, the Diablo Three debacle couldn't even get in. You know, and stuff like yep. that. I was there for that. So I, for all I knew, it was just like they were just having issues. They'll polish that up by morning or a few hours or something like yep. that. So let's go play campaign. Yeah, so we go to play Halo One campaign, and for the most part, we play through Halo One's campaign, and there's not too many problems. I do remember there'd be like a little odd thing here, an odd thing there. I think we got. Throughout the campaign, I think we got dropped a few times where we'd have to go back in or, um, you know, some there'd be some, like, audio glitch. Like, I remember when you first see the cutscene with the Flood, you know, that iconic moment of Chief playing back Jenkins' HUD and everything. Mm-hmm. The second you'd go back into gameplay, and this is actually a really bad time for this to not work because it's such a great moment. If it's your first time playing especially, the second you go back into gameplay where it's like, okay, the Flood are going to come out any moment... The sound would cut out. There was no sound. Yes, and it was like it that would, for a few years too. I think. Yeah, it was. It was like that for years. Yeah. It took them a long time to fix that. So you would just, and it would come back before the level was over. But like the entire first encounter of the flood, it would just—you'd have no sound. You'd shoot your weapon, there'd be no sound. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. So, so we were experiencing little issues, and it did bother me, and uh, probably Josh too. But it was mostly like, okay, this game's pretty much working. It just came out. They're going to patch it. You know, no biggie. Yeah. Um, but we had experienced, by the time we're coming to the end of Halo 1 anniversary, we had experienced, you know, half a dozen of these little issues. And we finally get to the last mission, and we're, like, running up to that long sword on the final mission of Halo. Yep. And the second we get to that long sword and it starts up that cutscene, it, ki- it kicks Josh out of the game, says players left, kicks him out. Josh is thrown back to the menu, doesn't even get the cutscene. Meanwhile, on my TV, I'm watching the cutscene. Achievement pops. I've beat Halo 1 on MCC. And uh, Josh doesn't get the achievement because it kicked him from yeah, the game. Yeah, guys, I was, and, for frame of reference, we were literally running. Like, the part where you get out of the Warthog and all you can do is run up to that longsword. I'm literally in that final trench, and I got kicked. Yeah, and I haven't built this up properly enough yet because at this point, so we'd already experienced half a dozen campaign issues, and we had also draw between every mission or couple missions. Josh would be like, "Let's see if that matchmaking is working yet," because for Josh, the matchmaking was such a huge deal that was the main thing. It started nagging at me. I was like, "I just need to." So he was starting to get a little worried, like maybe this is something bad. I don't know. So like we, you know, we could be on assault in the control room, beat the mission. All right, let's check matchmaking. Wouldn't work. Okay, let's go play campaign again. Do another mission. Oh, let's check matchmaking. Wouldn't work. So at this point, Josh's frustration is building. We're, we've had problems with the campaign. Uh, and then we've also not been able to get in matchmaking. So we get to this final moment, right. beat Halo 1 anniversary for the first time. This is Josh's first time ever beating Halo anniversary. He gets kicked. Achievement doesn't pop. And there has been so much frustration and so much like crap going wrong and to be fair, Josh was more upset than me. I was pissed too, but Josh was way more pissed than me. And I was just in this state of like, this is so screwy and everything's so screwed up that I start. I was finding it humorous. So the second like Josh gets kicked out, Josh is like, you got to be effing kidding me. And I just start laughing hysterically. <laughs> and Josh is not laughing at all. And he's like, looks over at me and he's like, I'm glad you find this is funny. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. No, it's, 
it's not that it's fine. It's just, and I just start laughing again. I'm like, yeah. it's just everything's so, this is so screwed up. And it's right at the freaking finish line. You get cut out. You don't get the achievement. Josh isn't laughing at all. I'm genuinely like tearing up in laughter. And Josh is like, Brian, you're an effing asshole. And I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. And at this point, Josh is like, it's been building for him. He's like, he's almost at the point where, you know, he wants to just call this whole day right off. And he's just frustrated. Which I did. The, we'll get the, into that. The, the event, the moment is ruined. Yeah. Um, and Josh, you can tell me if I left something out, but I'm pretty sure within the next hour after we finished this campaign, we just kind of came to an agreement like, all this right, is a wash. Josh wants to go. We absolutely. Josh wants to go home. And I, I'm, I'm good with him going home because the night just, it did, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good night. It wasn't a, it was a bad, it, we had, we had not had many bad experiences at all, if any, uh, gaming together right. in the whole year leading up to this, like getting excited for MCC. The one this thing was the worst night. we're looking forward to is the one thing that shits the bed in terms of our hangout experience. Yeah, yeah. it was the cause of it. Yeah, it, there was just a whole the air the air in the room was out. It, the air in the room was it was negative. I literally negative. the moment that happens. I mean, tit for tat as Brian said, but I literally get out of the chair and. I'm like pacing back and forth, going out of my mind, starting to get incredibly pissed. Like, not like I'm shouting, but like I can't stop swearing. I'm so frustrated. And at, we're looking online, and that was the thing too, is in that moment in time, there was very few people talking about them themselves having issues. It was out there, but very few because everyone was in the same boat of, spending more time trying to play and figure out what's going on as opposed to going online and talking about it. We're in the first 12 hours of right. launch. It hadn't become a, Nash, a huge news piece yet. And that's all the more facilitating my frustration that I'm just like, I feel like I'm in this, like, my own echo chamber and I can't, no one can relate to me. I can't relate to anybody else. And I'm not seeing anything from 343 or Microsoft or anything. And I just, I, oh, yeah, I they lose. didn't update anything for a while. They, they, three, four, three, and, and Microsoft didn't come out. And I got say a lot anything. to say on that here in a moment. It might have been, it might have been in the first twenty-four hours, but it definitely wasn't in the first twelve. It right. like took them a while. Right. So yeah, at this yeah. point, like, I think I sit there for a little bit talking to Brian, and I'm just super pissed, you know. And for Brian, the thing that annoyed me the most in the moment is that Brian was frustrated, sure, but since the campaign mostly worked, he was mostly okay. Yeah. And he was ready to move on to Halo 2. And I'm sitting there so frustrated at the situation. I also feel kind of bad because I'm like, this guy's like waiting on me in a sense to kind of like start this experience that he's really been looking forward to. And I'm just like, I can't even play this. I don't even like, I don't even want to play it. How could they do this? What is happening? All these questions I have. And I, I think I like apologize to Brian. I pack up my stuff and I just go home. And I think I tried to get into a couple matches and nothing. It wasn't on, and for record, it wasn't on bad terms either. It was like understandable. It was like, no, for sure. Josh was pissed and I wasn't, was, I mean, even though like I, I was pissed at him briefly in that moment for laughing, it wasn't like I was actually pissed at Brian, whatever anger I had totally directed toward three, four, three. It was mostly just like, let's, yeah, let's, let's go our separate ways here. Cause it's just, uh, you know, cause and I was like, I'm, I was still pretty upset and frustrated that the campaigns were having issues and in the matchmaking I was generally upset about, but I was like, I do want to start Halo 2. And, uh, you know, I think an hour or so after Josh left, I started Halo 2. Um, but I ended up 
I ended up, and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here, but I ended up being so OCD about the games not working that later on I deleted MCC from my hard drive and turned my Xbox offline and then put the disc in and restarted um, downloading MCC from the disc only to see if you know the integrity of these games was integrity. on the disc working. And uh, I so I did that, and I thought, okay, you know, uh, here we go. I got it installed now, mm-hmm. no patches, disc only. And I started jumping around in the campaigns and stuff to see if everything works okay. And I was like, yeah, yeah, everything's working fine. Okay, I can live with this. Everything's working fine off the disc. And I get to Halo 4, and you know, because I'm just jumping around different places to check it out. And I'm like 15 minutes in a mission, and suddenly the whole screen goes black, and there's in like, I think it's like red text at the top of the black screen. Mm-hmm. It says like un- unauthorized access, can't load. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. And that was a problem too with Halo 4's campaign specifically. It it would just crash and it would not let you play. It wouldn't let you go back to menu. You'd have to just completely exit out of the game, losing all your progress and restart. And there was no fix for it other than just waiting for 343 to fix it. Mm-hmm. So then I, then I was like more pissed because I'm like, okay, now... Once again, OCD guys. I don't. I'm not. I, well, I'm still super OCD, but I don't think like this quite as much anymore. But like, once I realized Halo Four wouldn't work off the disc properly, I was like, "Well, I got to keep my 360 copy now because that's the only copy that's going to work without internet access, without a patch, you know." Which was just silly. But you know, you guys can. If any of you have OCD, you can probably relate. But so at this point, it's like, yeah, the campaigns are screwed up. The menus are screwed up. Sometimes you'd be playing the game, you would go into campaign, and part of the menu would come into campaign with you, or you come out of campaign. And, like, uh, the gun silhouette would be in the menu. I I mean, it was insane. See, this is where our paths diverge because we had two separate experiences that were similar but in different ways and in different types. Uh, A couple days are passing and stuff like that, and I do remember specifically seeing this video. I send this to Brian, and it's this video where they're on – these guys are playing co-op on two betrayals, and it's got those doors, you know, those uh, – Forerunner doors or whatever, and like yeah. one player like runs is like running through where his buddy is supposed to be on the other side of the door, and as the door kind of opens up, it looks like like he's not seeing through into the room. What he's seeing is like a reflection of a different part of the level. Like I, I don't even know how to explain yeah. that in a way that makes sense. But he is literally seeing a different part of the level, and I showed that to Brian. Like some guy say that on his game DVR, and I sent that to Brian, and Brian was like, dude. This is like this is effed up. Like, <laughs> like this is just screwed the biggest screw up in the history of gaming, and we were just so frustrated. But what was tough for me? I'm gonna play that song again because this is just how I'm I'm feeling it. But uh, I literally okay okay I got yeah. it. But uh, so like as the days are passing, I'm continually going on Halo Waypoint, and I'm seeing people like be devastated, and I'm sitting there in the lobby just trying to get matches started. And something in me at this point just broke because I thought I spent like a year waiting for this game to come out. I put like all my hype, all my joy into it. And I don't care how immature that sounds. That was a big deal to me. Not only does, you know, I not get to play with Eric, you know, that didn't get to work out. But then I go over and have just a terrible experience with Brian. Again, not because of him, but I just had it with him. And he's off playing campaign, having his own experiences. I'm isolated trying to I'm not really playing campaign at this point because I'm so fed up it's hard for me to enjoy a product that's only like half working if you can even call it that so I'm just sitting in the lobby I keep seeing Firth 
you know, when you do finish yeah, a match. It, it, when you know, First was misspelled as 1-T-H, Firth. And it's laggy as hell. It's it's incredibly laggy. The ranking system, I think, was broken. Um, it just did not work across the board, you know. And some people are saying, oh, I'm having a pretty good time. I wanted to strangle them. I wanted to oh, strangle them Oh, that was them another so big bad. problem is you'd have, you'd have people popping up on the internet being like, I'm not having any problems. Or everything's working fine yeah. for me. And it's like, it, yeah, I, that's great. But that that's not the experience for everyone. Here's the interesting thing. I th- I want to, I, I, th- I think it's Green Skull that told this story on his YouTube. I could be, I could have, I yeah, could remember it from the wrong place. But he tells this story. And as the story goes, you know, he was there at the launch party they had that was not in, not in Seattle. So he's at a point where, you know, everyone's you know, just having some drinks, celebrating the launch and everything like that. And he starts to notice a lot of 343 employees starting to, like, being hush-hush in certain corners and little groups and stuff like that. And, you know, people are starting to receive word that launch night that something is very wrong. And they're not there to fix it. And for me at the time, I was like, man, you know, screw you guys for being away from this. How did you not know this was an issue? I had all these questions and anger because... For like a couple of days, I want to say I could be wrong, but it felt like there was a long period of time where they were, it was just complete radio silence. And obviously, yeah. they're, they're trying to figure out themselves. It was so screwed up. They were mostly on. quiet because it was a catastrophic right. issue. They didn't have the perfect answers. No, they didn't have any answers themselves. So they didn't give any answers to us. So we're all in the dark trying to have this experience. And, you know, Microsoft and 343 get their money. Everyone gets their paychecks. But we're sitting there with a... Uh, experience that's barely playable. And I had never, ever experienced something like this up to this point. Brian said it in the last episode, I think, but you said, like, this almost kind of felt like the kicker, you know, like the well, like the beginning of it all. And it was, you know. I mean, Diablo 3, sure, in its own way, at that launch night, but, like, this was like yeah. a broken product. So I, I just remember sitting there, I mean, I love, I, well, I love to hate that song because that, I, I think it's still the theme, maybe not, but it was the theme for like several years in the multiplayer lobby. And I thought, man, I could have sworn in like the Halo 2 one. It was like that. You know, and I'm like, why the fuck are they playing this sad shit? Oh, I get it. They want me to feel sad. Fuck <laughs> you guys. I was so pissed. Well, I just, I, you know, it, is, it, I'm it sorry. Was... Just last thing I'll say, I'll pass it over. Yeah. But I was so mad, guys. And I don't know if you, any of you guys can relate to this. But I would sit there and I spent my spare time just sitting in the lobby, waiting, hoping I would get to play one match for like yep. hours. Meanwhile, I'm on Halo Waypoint reading, talking, posting about how I'm having this problem, reading about other people having these problems. And I should have, what I should have done, I should have went and played another game. I should have went and spent time with family or friends, done something else that was non-related to Halo. But they had me by the bowels because I was so excited for this experience and I spent so much time, a year of hype, that I couldn't pry myself away from an experience that I couldn't even play. It was infuriating. Yeah, I remember I remember uh, going into matchmaking and, and purposely starting uh, a queue for matchmaking before I went upstairs to have dinner because I was like... I'm just going to go upstairs, have dinner, and come back and see if I ever got in one. And I went upstairs, had dinner, over a half hour up there, come back down, still searching for matches, never got if one. If you even got a players found thing on there, you were lucky. But then again, it yeah, would like show but, one or two or three, and then suddenly, yeah. whoop, they're taken away. Yeah, but getting, getting a player found was like an endorphin rush, because you're like, oh my god, <laughs> well I'm going to get to play Halo? Well said. You know? Yeah. Um, but it, it, and the thing is, it's like, if you guys listen, you know, you've been listening to Sacred Icon for a long time, you, you know that... 
me, Brian, pre-MCC, huge 3-4-3 fan, huge defender. But when I played MCC and I saw how broken and, and bugged it was, like, I mean, it was so bad, like... From like Josh said, from something as simple as a, a spelling issue with spelling first as one th fifth or first, yeah, <laughs> to to having campaigns drop people and not load assets properly, to matchmaking not working at all, to when I was when you when you booted up the game and you had like the four games, it would show like all four master chiefs from each game. I would click matchmaking and it would take the menu from the main menu. And it would plaster it on top of the matchmaking. Yeah. So it's like yeah, menu on top that. of menu. Jesus. It was so broken. So I was under the impression, like I think most people were, and I think 343 would probably say they don't even blame us. But I was under the impression that this whole studio knew what the knew that they were shitting out a piece of shit product yeah. that didn't work. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't care about Halo's legacy. They didn't care about respecting the fans. They just thought... They're going to buy it because it's $60 for all these games. It's this super cool collection. We're just going to shit this thing out. People are going to buy it, and we're going to laugh our way to the bank. And that's what it felt like. Because the thing is, it wasn't just... It didn't seem like a polished product with with one big issue. It felt like they had taken 20 pieces of Halo and threw some duct tape on it and charged us 60 bucks. It didn't even seem close to working. It was so astronomically broken. The most yeah. broken game ever in existence that it, it felt like they had, they absolutely had to, had to know that they were just throwing us I don't think even and at this point, like such a spit I know Frankie came out and, and explained it years later, but to this yep. day, and, and look, I, maybe it's just, you know, resentment or something, but like, it works now, it's playable, I don't even think about it typically that much, unless it's brought up in conversation, but I, I, I do think that they had to have known. At least some aspect of it wasn't working. On some level. You had to ship it out. One thing I wanted to bring up, though, real quick. When this game was coming out, IGN gave it a 90, saying this collection delivers more than a huge Halo fan like myself could have reasonably imagined. And even with its hopefully temporary online issues, it packs an insane amount of first-person shooter greatness onto one disc. Uh, the other one I wanted to bring up was Game Informer. Gave it a 93, saying the total package of Halo MCC is massive and intimidating, but none of it is crammed in or hastily included. <laughs> Even the modes that appeal to a small, dedicated group of Halo fans have received attention. So these guys were playing review copies that worked. Like, I mean, well, typically. And that's the thing. to Go, go ahead. Sorry, no, 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 you're go, fine. Go you're ahead. good. Well, to go into kind of jump off what you said, so a couple different things here. So on NeoGAF the forum, Frankie was pretty consistent there. And Frank O'Connor was on NeoGAF within a couple days. And he was basically saying, he basically said, and I'm all paraphrasing here, you know, you guys can go find, search the internet, figure it out yourself. But like, he basically said something along the lines of, we didn't know that the issue was this big. Oh, you didn't know? It's like, you didn't, we didn't know the issue was this big. And one day I'm going to explain it to you but I can't right now, and Frankie said something along the lines of, this is something I'll be apologizing for for the rest of my life. And that was basically all he said. Good. And, um, you know, so moving forward, uh, we come to find out in time, you know, like like Josh said, all these reviews for the package is good. And it's like, how? How, how in the world could any sane reviewer give this a score like this? Um, but... Now, if if 343 is to be believed, and, and personally speaking as Brian, I do believe them. I, I think there's always going to be some things that, like for instance, maybe 343 knew that 
80 of the glitches in the game were there when they shipped it. I can I, I can believe that. I can believe they knew that the product wasn't perfectly ready to go. It was coming in hot. It had problems. I fully believe they knew stuff was there and shipped it out the door anyways. But I am of the belief they had no idea it was as screwed up as they thought. I don't think they would ever do that. I genuinely think they care about Halo's legacy. I think they wanted this to be a celebration for fans. Stuff like the audio going out after the flood cutscene. Stuff like a menu error or or maybe the mm-hmm. first being 1TH. I feel like they probably knew some of this stuff, but they were just like, it's got to release, print the discs, This is it's got to go, we'll fix it after. But the the catastrophic issues, the matchmaking not working, I don't think they realized that. And then eventually in time, they went on to say, I don't know if it was Frankie or, or 343 on Waypoint in general, but they went on to say that basically when this game was tested on a smaller scale, you know, like they do for all games before they get released to the public, when it was on a smaller scale, it was just like people in the studio or people in Microsoft's internal teams, like maybe you had people at you know, rare playing it across like a small Xbox network with yeah. people from 343, stuff like mm-hmm. that. It didn't have these problems. It worked. And it just works. while that seems kind of crazy to to think that it works mostly without issue amongst several hundred, but then doesn't work at all amongst millions, I'm not going to pretend for a moment that I'm a game developer or know how compounding issues of, of, of multiple users and, and systems and, and networks and locations could have exacerbated that issue. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually do believe 343, when they gave the explanation as to why this this didn't work and how they missed it and how they, they, they didn't understand, um, I do believe them. I like once again to, to, to reiterate to you guys if you know if you hear the people that you know call us shills and stuff, I do think there's stuff that 343 knew that they shipped out the door and didn't tell us. I, I I don't think that they're flawless. I don't think that they're they've kept anything to them. They haven't kept anything to themselves. I think they definitely did. But I think overall, what they're saying about it being this bad and and, and explaining the issues, I do believe them. Um, so, do you want to say something? Well, I was going to say uh, I I do completely agree with Brian. Uh, I do believe that side of the story that does make sense. But I still think it's incredibly unacceptable because you should, something like that that's that in depth. That's got that many games across the board, that many multiplayer, you know, so much. That's not something you test small scale. Like, granted, you didn't have a beta for it, and they did come out and say afterward that every Halo game moving forward would have a beta. And so far, they've kept that promise. But, uh, you know, I still, just like you said already, still think that there was stuff in there that they knew about that they thought will fix it in post. And maybe they didn't know it was on as grand a scale, and that had to have completely taken them by surprise, like the Green Skull story. But... Super infuriating that they weren't even at home to to look at that and fix it. And they celebrated too early. And it made them, at the time at least, it made them look like asses because they shipped a broken product yeah. and they're there celebrating and talking about how awesome it is and stuff. And these guys are, you know, having their paychecks and Microsoft's cashing those checks, you know. But, you know, obviously there's more to it than that. And And to be, you know, and the thing is, is like, to be fair... There, this was never been done. In, correct me if I'm wrong. This has never been done in gaming before. Them bootstrapping literally Bootstrap five, Turn five different engines together under one unified menu that can be launched. I mean, they literally had it so you could launch. You could go from Halo Two King of the Hill to Halo Four Slayer to Halo One Campaign to you know Halo Four Spartan Ops. Like you could. It was just this jerry-rigged 
system of engines was Spartan Ops together even there right away? I can't remember now. Menu. What's that? Spartan, Spartan Ops. No, Spartan Ops but, did come. Okay, like, I know what you're saying though. I know what you're saying. Later. I just, I, yeah. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was unprecedented. It was a big, big, ambitious project. So, and I think that's what's important, right? Is that you see this so much on Twitter and forums, and there's no nuance. And it causes so many like fights and so much toxicity that doesn't need to exist. If somebody comes in and says, hey, this is a super ambitious product, and it's never been done before, and they had to strap all these engines together, and I can understand how problems occurred, it's okay to say that and also say um, they screwed up. They made mistakes. They didn't do it right. Like, right? Like, because what will happen is, is I would be somebody on forums who's saying, like, oh, okay, you know. Well, I can see how big of an issue this was. They had to strap all these engines together and make a unified menu. And someone would come in and tell me, like, so you're saying that excuses the game not working and they can just shit anything out they want? I'm like, no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm also saying that they shouldn't have put the game out and they screwed up and they made a mistake. But, like, you can acknowledge that something is more difficult, that something is unprecedented, that something that's ambitious, and, and, and give them, like, you can give them the credit for that while also taking the credit away from them for shipping a broken Correct. game. Like, yeah. You can say both things. There's nuance, right? You can't. You don't have to just go all in on three four three sucks. They they, they which is what Halo, I did or you know. But Brian's well, right. And it, Brian's we've all right. been there before. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we've no, all been yeah, there before with different games. You, different you get the right frame of rhyme, uh, mind, though. I was just like, you know what? I'm ang- I'm angry. I'm so angry. Like not death threats. Like screw that. But like super super no, freaking angry. I, I mean, cool, like, if I was living near Seattle, I probably would have went there and shaked my fist outside their windows. But that's about the extent. Of what I yeah, I, I remember it being like weeks after MCC's launch, and me and Josh worked together at the time, and Josh would still just like, he'd make sure that if he saw me at work, if he passed me, he'd be like, man, I sure wish I could play matchmaking, or man, <laughs> Brian, MCC you remember the uh, failure still. launch picture? Oh yeah, the failure launch picture, which we've got to find and put in the Discord private, but like Josh, Josh was so salty, he, 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 uh, he tagged me on Facebook in this picture of the, 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 the Matthew McConaughey film, failure to launch, and it's, uh, it's it's who's the girl in that? Sarah movie, Jessica you know? Parker, if I'm not mistaken. Sarah Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Instead of like in the in the picture, she's pushing Matthew McConaughey up, like he's falling backwards, and she's pushing him up. And the title's called Failure to Launch, and it was that picture, except like it was Master Chief's helmet over Matthew McConaughey, and I think three four three Industries or Microsoft it was Phil on Spencer. Sarah Jessica it was Parker. Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. Yeah. yeah, like trying to get that game to work, it just didn't work. And the thing is, too, guys, is like this was this was a really really dark time for not only Halo fans. But for fans of Xbox and Microsoft, because they needed this game. I'm glad you said that. So I was just gonna say freaking that. bad. They needed this game bad because the, basically this this is how this is how it went, right? Let me give you a small picture of the history of Xbox here. You had, and I'm gonna gloss over things to make it quicker. Xbox 360 came out a year ahead of PS3. First HD system had a whole year of of getting games out in the library before PS3. Uh, PS3 comes out. It's more expensive than the Xbox. It's a year late. Um, and all third-party games either don't run as well on it or are hard to develop for. Uh, certain games that are now like favorites of all time, like Bioshock or Elder Scrolls Oblivion, were exclusive to Xbox for a short time because they couldn't figure out how to get it on the cell processor for PS3. So Microsoft's just killing it during the 360 generation. You know, They, they got cheaper hardware. Better, the Red well, Ring of Death didn't even really delay them, you know? I mean, briefly. No, no, yeah, the Red Ring of Death was terrible, them. to be sure. Yeah, it could have been a but, console killer, but nope. Yeah, but the 360 was dominating that generation. The inter- the the multiplayer on PlayStation wasn't nearly as good. The controller, I know it's opinion-based, but most people, you know, controller was better, internet was better, the price it was cheaper to get into the system, games ran better on it, third-party, 
Um, and then Gears of War had come out in 2006, amazing new IP. Uh, Halo 3 is on the horizon. 360 was killing it. 360 was an awesome time to be an Xbox Mass fan. Effect. I mean, they had a couple good exclusives out there, too. Yeah, and it, it kept going until about the time Connect came out. And believe it or not, as much as I hate Connect, and I always talk about how much I didn't like Connect, Connect came out to capitalize on that that Nintendo Wii fad that was going on. The whole casual <laughs> avatars, connectable, and and Sony launched their PlayStation Move, and the PlayStation Move never really got that big, but the Connect actually was really really big when it came out. People loved the Connect. Connects were selling like crazy, and that's when Microsoft pretty much changed their their outlook on how they were going to approach things. And instead of focusing on badass games and, and exclusive IPs, they went, you know what? Casual friendly experiences, TV, NFL, Connect. That's where they were going. And you could see that already at the end of the 360 generation before the one had even launched. It felt like to me at the time, looking back, it honestly felt like Microsoft felt like they had cornered the market on, they had like exclusives, they had games across the board. They even had like, you know, ex- uh, Japanese exclusives like Blue Dragon. Um, and I'm forgetting the other one. Oh, it's so good. But um, oh, Lost Odyssey. But I feel like at that point, they were like, we want to, we want to know, we want to corner that casual market, that family friendly market now. But what they didn't realize is like they completely dropped that exclusive train. They stopped that train, and it was you should have kept it going. They just completely stopped it just to shift focus over. Yeah, and then to make matters worse, like 360 was just kicking PlayStation 3's ass for years. But what happened is around that 2000, I don't know, nine 2010 time where they started focusing on on Kinect and and TV and casual experiences. You know, Netflix came to the Xbox. They weren't focused on the games anymore. Sony Sony was doubling down on the exclusive games. They were getting out their Uncharted, their Last of Us, their God of War. They had a really good end. They went out strong. Yeah, they ended strong. And when it came out at the end of the generation, at the end of the 360 PS3 generation, now I think it's fair to say the 360 was still the dominant console in conversation that generation. But if you look at the sales of the 360 and the PS3, the PS3 actually sold more consoles by the time they were discontinued. So the, our, did I say 360? I meant to say PS3. I can't no, you did. What I just said. You got it. PS3. You're good. PS3 sold more more consoles than the 360 yeah. by the end of that generation. So they still, as far as console units sold, Sony managed to pull it together so well with those exclusives and everything. And the thing is, this kind of paints a picture of how the next generation was going to go because even though 360 dominated that whole generation, PlayStation was moving towards getting better and Xbox was getting... Xbox was lost momentum. PlayStation yeah, they, took it. they were... They, they got caught up in their hubris. They, they started to, to get lax and chill and just go, oh, we, we got Connect. We're already the best. You know, didn't the consoles get announced? <laughs> in wrestling, this was the equivalent of Eric Bischoff coming out in WCW during the Monday Night Wars, Brian. Yeah, WCW warned against WWF. And they hadn't even, no one had won the rating. They were just combating for, for these Monday Night ratings, the show airing at the same time. And this guy comes out who's pretty much, you know, kind of running WCW at the time, comes out in the middle of the ring in front of everyone. He's like, man, are we good? And at that point, pretty much just in a landslide, they started to lose, lose, lose. And so much shit went yeah. downhill. And that's almost, it almost felt like what Microsoft did. They didn't come out and say, like, you know, we won. But it, you felt like they were just trying to shift into a whole different direction to round out. It got their way too comfortable, and, you know, because the 360 generation was handed to them in the beginning. Because, like I said, they were there a year earlier, and their system was easier to develop to develop for. It was cheaper. Right. The, the generation was handed to them, and they got comfortable. And PlayStation, Sony, they were fighting an uphill battle that whole generation to the point where the next consoles launched, and Microsoft, you know, Sony's like. 
already got all these IPs they've built up over the years. They've already they've been they've curated their PS Plus service. They've they've iterated. They've prepared for this next generation and and ways that are going to pay off for them for the next ten. And Microsoft has already got into this. Oh, Connect TV. Your 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 box is the future here. It's the it's the it's the Xbox is the the living room piece that's just going to go forward. So we get to the launch of these consoles and Xbox comes out and they say. Um, well, it's going to be, it's, we're going to talk about TV. We're going to talk about Madden. We're not going to talk about games. The thing is huge because, and the reason the Xbox was huge is because of the red ring of death they'd experienced that cost them over a billion dollars in the 360 generation. They made the Xbox one extra big. So it had all this extra room for copious amounts of airflow so that they couldn't have issues. Um, so they had this big, ugly box. They talked about Madden. They talked about TV. They, they they show off the connect. They say the connect's mandatory. They say that the uh, the internet is going to be required to play your games, and if you don't connect to the internet, you will not be able to play your games because it has a check in. And then there's this talk of this never really was like a thing that Microsoft said, but there was this blown out of proportion talk of like always on internet with a camera in your living room. Microsoft wants to sell your data. Microsoft wants to spy on you. The government's going to use Connect to spy on your living room because you're always going to be online and you're going to have a, c- a camera in your living room at all times. People are talking about how they're not going to be able to walk around naked in the living room anymore. It was just maybe for them. Bad I'll keep press. doing it. Yeah, it was it was bad press out the ass because it was just like everything about the system sucks. There's no games I want to play. I don't care about TV. I don't care about Madden. The console looks stupid. I don't want to connect. The Connect's required. All this stuff. Mandatory online. So then... You get to a couple weeks later when it's proper E3, and already Sony has not really responded on whether they're going to have a camera, whether they're going to have required internet, whatever. Neither of the system's prices has been announced yet. You get to E3 of 2013, and Microsoft's like, yep, we're, we're, we're sticking to our guns. Connect's mandatory. The internet DRM's mandatory. We're going to show some games this time, but you know nothing too exciting. Then they end the thing by saying it's going to be four ninety nine ninety nine five hundred bucks, and that's be- and the console is the specs have already been released and the specs are not as good as the PlayStation specs they're lower but it's five hundred dollars because they got to make you pay for that connect that's mandatory. Then it goes right over to Sony's conference. Sony comes out they're like ah cameras optional. Uh, here's how you share games. They show that freaking iconic video of just passing a game copy to their friend. Like you don't, it's not online DRM. Connect's not mandatory. Savage. The specs are better. The system's smaller. It looks better. Oh, by the way, three ninety nine ninety nine, hundred bucks cheaper. Everything about this system is literally everything about the system is better, and it's a hundred dollars cheaper. And the crowd just loses it. And at that point, I mean, like we've said before in the podcast, everybody, including my, most people, or a lot of people, including myself, are going. I have to get a PlayStation. I'm not getting an Xbox. I have to get a PlayStation because they've literally given me no reason. To get an Xbox at this point, so and, and it took weeks after E3, or maybe it was days, but I think it was weeks. I don't know. I have to go look it up. But eventually, Microsoft was like, "Okay, it's time to start backtracking a bit." So they immediately removed the DRM thing, and and I think that's the only thing they really backtracked on um, before launch. Once it gets to launch, and everyone's excited about the PlayStation and not the Xbox, and the PlayStation selling two to one, three to one Xbox. Then they start making more changes. Phil Spencer comes in. He says, we're dropping the Kinect out of the bundle. You don't have to buy it anymore. Um, we're going to lower the price of the, of the console. Um, it's different things like that. And then that's when the whole, and I've, talk, I've talked about it in the last episode, that's when the whole, it was a couple months after launch, the whole um, rumors of this war collection, Master Chief. 
you know, Halo War Collection with all these games to start to get. That's why we think. That's why I think it was a controlled leak. I think they're like, we need anything to give us good press. So by the time you get to MCC's launch, you know, where we're talking about this thing failing, yeah. Xbox was in the shittiest place it had ever been in its its entire existence as a brand. Sony was killing it with their consoles, with their 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 upcoming IPs and launches. And they needed this. This this needed to be a huge W for. And the thing is, you'd already seen lots of Xboxes were selling because people wanted MCC. People, even people who were going, you know what? Nah, PlayStation's my system for this generation. Still gonna buy me an Xbox One as my MCC machine. That was the like, only were reason. Preparing themselves. I went with Xbox yeah. over PlayStation because my first game was Shadow of Mordor. I could have as easily played that a, a superior 900p version. No, I think it was 1080p version on PlayStation 4. No, it was 900. Was it 900? It was 900. Anyway, yeah, but I, I could play the better version on PlayStation 4, but I chose Xbox because Master Chief Collection. Yeah. Thank you, 343. Yeah. So it uh, it really hit harder than it ever could have because you have, I mean, you have all these things compounding. You have people who didn't like Halo Reach when it came out. You have people who didn't like Halo, a lot more people who didn't like Halo 4 when it came out. You have years of people saying... For two years now, people saying, I don't like 343, I don't like Halo 4, they don't know Halo, they don't like Halo. But they were starting to win some credibility, even with people like Josh, because Josh wasn't the biggest fan of Halo 4 at first. But they, he was start, they were starting to win credibility because they had announced MCC, and they were talking about all the, the things about Halo they love, and how, how, how this is what makes Halo, and here's what MCC is going to look like. We heard things about Halo 5 and how they were going to talk about even map starts, and like Halo 5 was going to be this what you know about controlling the map, and like... So people like Josh, who weren't so sure or so fond about Halo 4, were starting to come around and go, maybe I really like these guys. They're really doing it. So they needed to prove themselves as a company. They needed to prove they loved Halo. They needed to prove uh, Xbox was a worthy Xbox One was a worthy console to have. And this game coming out and not working, it just destroyed all of it. It destroyed 343's reputation. It destroyed Halo's reputation. It destroyed Xbox's reputation as a major player in the console market. It was an extremely dark time, Josh. It was so dark. It was downright fucking depressing, frankly. It was pretty bad. It was. And, you know, it's interesting. Looking back, it was almost like MCC as a whole was conceptualized as a soft cushion to what would be Halo 5's approach to multiplayer, to just agency yeah, gameplay. Absolutely. And I don't I mean I don't necessarily think they looked at it from the ground up and were like, we're gonna put this out there so then people complain less. I don't think that's the case, but it did still work that way. And the fact that it launched so broken made it all the more harder initially like going into Halo 5. You're like, man, is this beta even going to work? Well, getting to the beta, the beta ended up being we're gonna have to do a, an entire episode just on the Halo 5 beta at some point. But the Halo 5 beta was what saved a lot of us because it worked, it was fun, it was different, and the MCC that we put all our hopes and dreams in to go back and and carry on in a new new legacy with just unplayable, just just so broken. And and what was playable just wasn't fun to play because you know I'm the kind of person if if my friends aren't having fun. I'm not going to have fun. And I wasn't having fun seeing so many other people have the same issues. And I was like, man, I just like, it was, it was really tough. It became like a toxic relationship for me with MCC where it was like, I should not be with you, but I can't quit you because I, I wanted you so much and I'm holding on to what I, what I thought, what this would be. And it's not what I thought it would be at all. 
and I can't, but I can't let go. You know, it was just like this weird addiction. I, I, I couldn't kick. And it, looking back, it was just so frustrating and, and I mean, heartbreaking. It was just really, really heartbreaking. Uh, you know, we're all impressionable people and we all submit to these, you know, first impressions often when it comes to people, when it comes to like you going to see a movie, you know, Brian went to see Rogue One and had a really crappy experience with someone there. And it affected his enjoyment of the movie there the entire time. So things like that really affect it. Case in point with Master Chief Collection. It, you know, we're going to get into it in a future episode, but it works amazingly now. And it's like a games as a service now. You know, it's a, it's a live service type of game almost. But when I still boot that up, I still remember that first experience. I still remember the first couple years waiting for this thing to turn out okay, to turn around, because you didn't think it was going to take a couple years. You thought it would maybe take a day, and then a day turned into a week. A week turns into a month. A month turns into six months. Six months turns into a year. Well, we, we got to a point, and I think the general gaming community got to a point. We got to a point where we genuinely believed it would never work. Yes, there was self-acceptance. Like we genuinely... <laughs> like, we need to move we, on. We came to acceptance. Yeah that it was going to be a broken version of the Halo games that would never work because it it had varying stages of improvements over the next few right. years. I mean I think I think 6 months after it launched it worked better but it was still super broken and then I think a year after launch it worked even better than 6 months after but it was still broken and then there was this point right around I want to say like leading up to Halo 5 about the time Halo 5 came out where it seemed as if they just went, we don't got time for this, and they just wiped their hands clean of it. Clean of yeah. it. And it felt like for about, I want to say for a year or two, it felt like MCC was in this position where they had patched it up enough to work better than it did at launch. It was stabilized, but it, was, but it wasn't living. It, was, it wasn't breathing. It was no, yeah, it was, it was, it was barely being kept alive. I am barely it, it breathing. It was not even close to being what it should be, and it was like for a year or two where it just felt like uh, that was it, and then we would just—I think everyone just accepted MCC was never gonna. This is what we have. It's never gonna be what we want it to be. It sucks. And then you know, I once again, I'd have to do the research to look at the timeline here, but somewhere around it was 2018. 2017. Well, 2018 is when it. I was getting there. Correct me if I'm wrong. 2017 is where I feel like they started talking about MCC again more. Started uh, talking about updates and improvements they were going to make. My bad. Yeah, I got to hell you. Yeah, you're right. I do remember 2017. And then, and then it was 2018 when all these patches had been applied and stuff had been done. They changed the menu to where you'd start. The menu got changed. It was a different format. That I remember there was I, it was before the Warthog, the the Snowy Warthog one. There was one before mm-hmm. that, but it was the Snowy Warthog one came shortly after. But um, there was like a, a, a UI menu re, re, uh, redux kind of thing and. That was like early 2018, and that's when it worked fully. That's when it was 2018 was when it had got patched to a point where it was as good as promised it would be for launch. Four years, well, to be fair, three and a half, but at this point, does it really matter? Um, but it worked really good, and that was a great place to be. And I remember just, and Josh has talked about it before him leaning back and being like, wow, it works. And yeah, I'll tell that story myself, in the next one. I'm looking forward me, to Me that. thinking to myself, you know, MCC... Uh, it's a fully, it's good now. It's a full good pro ODST had been added. You know, it's, I thought it's done. It's finished. It's good. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and to backtrack a little bit too, going off something Josh said, it's kind of like, and, and maybe, uh, 
Irish Phoenix can make a meme of this or something. But uh, it's kind of like uh, at the end of at at the end of Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, where uh, Frodo is hanging from Mount Doom, and and basically we, the fans of Halo, were hanging, and Sam is three four three Industries, which is giving them so much credit because Saint is or because Sam is a saint and a perfect being. (laughs) Um, But Sam Sam's like three four three is like, don't you let go, reach, (laughs) and then basically at Halo 5's beta. Halo 5's beta was just enough to get us Halo fans to not let go. That beta kind of cupped, just cupped her balls right there at the end. Mm, you know, cupping. And it was like, Love try it. this out. And the beta, I'm not saying everyone loved it, but the beta was, people were excited about yeah. that. And the beta worked really well. And we kind of, you know, Frodo, you know, we got back up. We got excited for the beta. We played the beta. Me and Josh and, and, and Creighton and our brother Creighton and Justin, um, we were so excited. We were playing it. And then suddenly it was like they carried what little momentum was left from MCC right into a year of Halo 5 hype. And they managed to keep that. That's how they kept us in the loop. Um, but well, I don't want to talk more about Halo 5 because that's that's going off topic here. But basically that's how they kept us going was with that, with that Halo 5 beta. Um, but yeah, MCC, it, uh, you know, it was one of the most exciting times ever to be a Halo fan preparing for it. Um, when it came out, it was catastrophically broken in ways you could never imagine. I actually would say definitively, I didn't know, I didn't know it was legal. This is not a joke. I didn't know it was legal to launch a product that broken. I, I think we actually, I think there was actually people talking about like, is three four three going to get yeah, sued? Ramifications, because, yeah. Because to me, and I, I even still now, I, I think. I don't think it should have been allowed to be sold. No, I, I think it was. I think it was worse than. It's Cyberpunk. interesting how the industry has changed because when Cyberpunk released, it was pulled for about a year off of yeah. Sony's network. You couldn't buy it digitally at all. But yet MCC still available, still available. No, I, I, Cyberpunk was bad. Was really bad. Yeah. No, I don't want to talk Cyberpunk down. It was bad, but like, wasn't MCC? Oh, I first? think I, I, I think Cyberpunk was less worse, but still close. But yes. I mean, I think MCC was the one that really like it's it's still MCC to date should have been pulled the worst. It it shit the bed completely. And, and people people who went through the proper channels were able to get a refund for MCC, um, so that was there. But it should have been pulled. It should not have been allowed to have been sold because no. it was. But I don't think they could afford product. the PR. <laughs> Of, not only does this not yeah. work, but now the game's pulled completely, and that was their big exclusive yeah, for that quarter. So, yeah, I mean, so my bad. final thoughts on it, man, it's just uh, you know, it's it's it was a point in time, and I'm glad it's over. But that was a really really tough time, and it was um, it's it it's still hard to forgive in a lot of ways. Like I, I moved on, but I mean, y- y- talking about it, thinking about it, uh, it's just interesting. I, I thought I wouldn't let that happen to myself again, and then I got my heart broken with Cyberpunk put all my hopes and dreams into it and I'm, I'm i'm exaggerating guys i mean it's just brian said told that before about his hype for halo 3 and you just you commit to your hype you don't just let yourself be hyped you commit to it and then that shit the bed and then i saw a kotor remake and then they're hey they're like hey it's delayed indefinitely i'm like well what's next i'm ready to get hurt again you know, yeah. like I need to, I need to move on past this. I need to learn my lesson, and this is a sign. But 2014 was an interesting time, a great year of hype, followed by several years of complete disappointment. And it was mitigated because of Halo 5's release that turned out to be stellar in terms of its performance, in terms of its multiplayer, and even though its campaign left a lot to be desired, um, it still worked. 
And at that point, I think we were just yeah. happy to settle for that. And although that's really bad, I was yeah, we were impressed by how well Halo Five worked. But it was it was sad to think that like prior to Halo MCC, we had never even thought about a game working because why wouldn't it? Right, you know. So it's not really a compliment. Yeah, it was a bad time. Uh, but it was a bad time. I, I do think you know, and and this is just my opinion. I'm going to say objectively, but I'm not saying that you know you have to agree with me. But I'm saying objectively because I'm saying with as most level head as I can have, I think objectively. Um, you know, it's fair to say MCC shouldn't have been released. It's fair to say it was broken. It's fair to say it was disappointed, disappointing. Um, it's fair to say uh, that it shouldn't have happened. But I also think objectively in 2022, there's no benefit to complaining about how it launched in 2014. It works now. It's fixed now. They did their due diligence and they made it right. Does that mean that... like? I think they should be forgiven for that. I think people should move on from that. Well, three four three now uh, isn't mean, even the same three four three that was in twenty fourteen. You know, so many people True. have come and gone. So True. it's not it's not does, fair. Does to that hold mean that we weren't hurt? Yeah. Does that mean that does that mean that they didn't uh, you know sell us a broken thing? No, I mean the, the the thing still happened. But objectively, I don't feel that there's any good that can come from uh, still getting mad about it still be um, a little petty. today. <laughs> but no, it, but well, you're right. That, you're that right, happens. Ryan. You're right. Though. But like it, it works now. And, and you know this, what? This, you know what? Yeah, you had to feel bad for him at the time. You had to feel so bad for him because these guys felt like they probably had all the momentum in the world. So many guys and gals there working on these games. You got you know yeah. MCC. You got Halo Five Beta, Halo Five coming, Halo Nightfall. You got uh, the Halo Channel. You got all these books and shit coming. Everything seemed like it was looking up. Sun rising on three four three in Microsoft, but it just completely took all the air out of the room and everything else then you think mcc is going to be the michael jordan in your lineup your roster he's your most valuable player but then it ended up being the rest of the team that had to come in and save the day and win the game and that was really tough because they had to fight an uphill battle and i think they achieved it but boy did it take time yeah yeah well said josh well guys um Moving on from there and uh, getting out of here with our business before uh, we hype you up for the next episode. Um, guys, if you want to give to our patron, that's at patreon.com slash sacred icon. Uh, Do it. If you want to follow Josh on Twitter, he is at Jedi Knight Joshy. If you want to follow me, I am at Brian's Bane. If you guys want to leave a voice clip or an email, that is uh, sacred icon podcast at gmail.com. If you want to join our Discord, everyone's welcome uh, to join that. Josh, do you have some reviews for us? Uh, you got one from our boy Wesley. Uh, yeah, you sent that to yeah, me, right? Yeah, I did right? send that to, to you. Um, in the meantime, as you get that set up, though, I will read one we got recently from Church on a Hill. Uh, he said, awesome podcast, five out of five stars. I love it already. Josh and Brian, you guys are amazing giving us content and some awesome good laughs. Keep it up, guys. Thank you, Church on a Hill, oh, man. man. Thank you so much, dude. I saw you came back in the Discord, and I'm glad you're back, man. Yeah, same. Same. That does mean it. Really appreciate hearing this stuff. I've actually been getting, you know, amidst all the criticism and all the hatred that gets thrown our ways, we've been getting a lot of of awesome people, uh, private messaging, public messaging, tweeting, Discord, just sharing their appreciation and thanks for what we do and saying that we, you know, had people say that, you know, our positivity and, and fun keeps them interested in Halo when they didn't think they could be anymore because the community is so negative. So I know that we're doing something right, and I know that it's worth doing, um, but I cannot say enough how much people telling us those things and sending us, you know, reviews and emails and, and thanking us or complimenting us, 
how much it helps because uh, I know everyone says that as like a, a way to like thank you for saying it, but I genuinely need we genuinely need. It's the coming good from vibes the heart for Brian, and I echo that sentiment. To keep yeah, like without the good vibes, if if it was just constant criticism and hatred for uh, you know, for all of time, I I just couldn't keep doing it. Yeah. So I appreciate it big time. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Next one is from our boy Wesley Eaton, and he said uh, this one has to be read by Brian and. Well, you know, it's it's unfortunate that I have to read it, but it says, "Well, I, I can't read the title, Josh." It cuts off, like off. I said, they always normally cut off. But yeah, I okay. think he said, "I." It, the title, title of the review was, "I made an iTunes account just to," and I'm guessing it's just to leave a Sacred Icon podcast review. Yeah. But Wesley Eaton told me I need to say this because he left a five star review. He says, "I, Brian Arvet, do declare <laughs> that Dragon Age Origins." has the best gameplay I've ever experienced in a video game, without exception. Oh, you guys heard it from Brian himself. The mouth of Brian Arvett. I said it. Well, you know what, though? I can't be too mad, because he didn't make me say two things. He didn't make me say Cal Kestis is a good character in Jedi <laughs> Fallen like Order. One. And he didn't make me say anything positive about Roland. <laughs> Somehow that hasn't happened so. yet. But guys, if you want to do that, go on Apple Pods. No, I'm pretty sure we got a review, Josh, like 10, 20 episodes ago where we had to talk positively what about What about Roland, but not about Calcastus? Have no. not got a Calcastus yeah. one. So, Dragon Age Origins, you know, I can at least appreciate its gameplay. Love that game. It's, uh, Love that game. Favorite. It's a banger. It's funny he chose Dragon Age Origins because Wesley's one of Wesley's favorite games of all time is Dragon Age Inquisition. Well, so, I'm glad he did. I just, think that's just, yeah. I think that's the goat of the three is is Origins, but that's just me. But hey, guys, thank you. No, so much. No, I think I think Origins is the best, but I like I think Inquisition's my that's favorite. Fair. But that's yeah. fair. Beautiful uh, looking games. So. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Wesley. Thank you so much, Church on a yeah, Hill, for thank those you reviews. Guys. Really appreciate you guys. We want to go through our patrons because it has been a bit since we've done that. We want to give you a proper shout out. Yep. We got some new people, guys. I want to say here's the crazy thing: the interest in Halo seems lower than ever. Um, the um, Criticism towards Halo seems higher than ever. Um, you know, it's it's a rough time, but not for us and the support you guys are giving because we have, I think, the most amount of patron support we've ever had, uh, the most amount of, like, interaction yeah, you from guys people saying... Jesus. Yeah, saying, like, you know, how much they appreciate us. Uh, it's, it's only growing. So we have a lot of patrons. I want to shout them out quickly. Um, let me see if I can find this up here. F- figure this out because... Um, when the patron changed their uh, <laughs> their layout, changed their layout. So in well, the like, meantime, as you bring that up, I'll just say, yeah. guys, as he's going to run through this, thank you so much for continually supporting us. I mean, that makes us so happy. Anytime we get a new patron, I know we said it before. I, I, I screenshot and text Brian. It's like an arms race to see who can text one another the first, even if it's a yeah, dollar patron, Jones. and it makes us so freaking happy. And uh, it, it honestly, it's it's it really is less to do. With just seeing the, the the money number, you know, and it's more. It honestly is more, just validation that someone was would pay, you know, to support us. Because we've had a lot of you guys say that it's not even about Patreon content. It's not even about coming on the show. Most of you guys are always like, I just want to support you guys, and it's like, holy shit, you know, that really, really means the world to us. So, you know, even though he's gonna run through it himself. To each and every one of you that are continuing to support us, that are that are new, that have been here for almost the beginning, uh, thank you to all of you guys. It really does continually uh, brighten our day and really mean a lot to us. Well said, Josh. No, Josh is one hundred percent correct. I mean, the the patron is the the most purest form of showing us how much you appreciate it, um, appreciate us. So that's that's really amazing, yeah. Josh. I'm I'm 
honestly cannot figure out how to find our patron. Okay, give me just a second, buddy. I'm still I got looking. You. Give me just. They really, they literally redid the whole site, guys, and I see how many patrons we have and a lot of our stuff, but I can't see it listing the names of our okay. patrons. Okay. No, I, I got you. Them. I got you. I got the list up here. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna run through these and and we'll express some gratitude at the end. But uh, yeah, so we got Boba's feet. Thank you so much. We Ooh, got stinky feet. I might be mispronouncing your name, buddy. A DN10D Hombre. Um, I'm not. Oh yeah, that yeah. He's been really yeah, great. He's, he's left us a couple boy. messages thanking, yeah. thanking us and stuff. Jessel Insanity, Wesley Eaton, Agira, Lisa McCreary, Sparkies, Hocus Locust, Blind Valkyrie. William Green, Kevin Benson, Albino, Irv- I Irving TV, Jason Bird. I'm like a bird. That's weird to do. Oh! <laughs> we just hit the Uno reverse on each other. AJ's Dank, Evan Liao, Fallout 152, Church on a Hill, Ian Rucker, DeRuck, Shin Revel, Irish Phoenix, Rising from the Ashes, Born Anew, right, Brian? Oh, <laughs> let, me, let me get prepared here. Josh, give me, give me a, give me a Michael Scott drum roll. <laughs> Rising from the ashes, born anew. It's Irish Phoenix. <laughs> Lame Shark, the Dav, Eric Milligan, Jared Hartley, Small Print TV, Aaron, Colton Pittman, Rodan, Butter My Waffles, Nerva, Anthony Dorsey, Caleb Webster, Chris Greco, Tony. Pixel Freaks, King Grunt, Airy 430, Montana Menace, Green Plumber, aka Fucking Ouija, Joshy Big Boy, Ryan Barka, Dustin Mondre, Bramola, Corey Hanks, Prayanshu Kumar, Brentonimo, MH Cosplay, Ian Mills, Photon, KN Nick, Trevor Pope. This podcast is quality. <laughs> Cali Chief Nerd, the Shipleys, Dust Storm, and the man who saw Justice League knew it needed more. Is probably having a rough time, ready to charge through the doors of DC. It's Matthew Salvatore. Wow, Josh, that was good. Uh, there were so many memes there that I'm used to giving out for our patrons that I, I just had to. What's well, an exciting uh, problem back. to have that we have this yeah. many patrons that were like, what do we do? <laughs> I'm going to make do? sure that I figure out why my patron mobile is not showing me the people so that next time I can read them off properly, guys. Sorry for that. But, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast, for being here, listening Love to the, the roughest spot of this series where we talk about the fall of MCC. What a fun episode to discuss. Um, yes. Very you know what, fun. Brian? There's sure nobody I would rather have a shitty co-op experience in MCC with oh, yeah. than you, buddy. It was worth it. Oh, yeah. A shitty co-op experience with Josh is still memorable. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but guys, make sure you tune in next week for the rise. Or no, no, we already did the rise. For the redemption, my bad. For the redemption of MCC, where we discuss how Halo Master Chief Collection became better than we ever imagined it could be. Ooh. Thank you so much, guys. And as always, keep it sacred. <laughs>